This week on the Push Four Legs podcast, do we ever give advice to friends and family? And I make a case for cardio and lifting belts. Three, two, one. You're such a motivator, Dan. Hey guys, welcome to the Push Pull Legs podcast with myself, Dan Meek. And me, Tom Hall. What's going on, Dan? Good, mate, thank you. How are you? <laughs> I'm not too bad. I'm still ill, if anybody's too, uh, keeping me Oh, I'm God. I'm still sick. Uh, Enough yeah. of the illness <laughs> shit. Um, we recorded last Wednesday. It is now Tuesday before it comes out on the Wednesday. And I'm still sick. We had a miserable, miserable time on the weekend. And what's was, your advice, Tom, to people when they're sick? Is don't is train. Don't isn't it? train. So mm. what I did is I I exercise. I exercise, not trained. Mm. Is uh, is how one of my friends put it. Because I just I just moved. I didn't really train very hard. I kind of, but I was getting itchy fit basically and it really annoyed me because i was halfway through a uh, a training protocol and literally i can't do it because my cns was obviously depleted um and it's yeah. put me back and then i've got holiday in two weeks so therefore that set me back again oh so, you need to get shredded for that i know mate. so i've got two weeks to get shredded and hopefully you're gonna help me uh in this yeah. this episode basically but oh, mate there's not enough time in this episode <laughs> just just this episode yeah well my eight my eight years my eight weeks uh shred yeah that'll work but yeah what's going on your end mate not a lot mate just busy very very busy busy as always yeah team boxing but... always just if, if if you follow dan's instagram he continuously hides boxy stuff um mm. which is basically as far as i can see is all dan does i'm not uh, Write to us if we are one of Dan's clients and he's ignoring you because he's trying to hide boxy stuff the whole yeah. time. So. Yeah, I think all, all my I think all my clients are absolutely nailing it at the moment. To be fair, they're all shredded. They're all getting shredded up. So yeah, someone's doing something right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, that is a highlight of my day is hiding boxy stuff and just generally annoying him during the day. I think he he didn't really think the office thing through very well. I think he thought, no. oh, we'll be, really, we'll be really productive, we'll get loads of work done, and actually all we do is annoy him. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's, it's been good. But, no, it's, um, it's made us more productive, and, um, yeah, from that we now have lots more work to do, so it is just a bit full-on at the moment. But um, you can't complain about that, I suppose. Can't complain. Yeah, I saw you doing some videoing or some group coaching stuff. Dan and his big jumper. Look great. Isn't that big, mate? I don't it know was you, massive. Dan, it like, was go look. Big. I took... I'm, I'm I, just shrunk, <laughs> I took a photo of it because Dan's got a humongous, like, I don't know, somebody else's jumper, clearly. It's, but, it's yeah. not. I don't think it looks so baggy on me. Um, but yeah, no, so yeah, we've got, um, yeah, we've just got like some space up to film in there and all sorts. Yeah, no, it's going, um, it's going well in the office. It's just, uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes, mate. All right. Um, so we've got a few, few things to talk about this week. Um, so plugging back into, I think the, the Facebook group's going really well. To be honest, um, I'd like to thank, thank everybody else for that. To be honest, uh, whoever's whoever's decided to lead uh, our Facebook group every now and again. Um, so we thought we'd dive back into uh, a little bit. I think it was Lindsay that posted a uh, a long kind of rant that got uh, a few fair few comments um, about basically training and nutrition and who that gives a fuck about other people's stuff um obviously me and dan are paid to give a fuck about some people 
Mm. Um, so we have a vested interest, I believe that's called, um, mm. in, and in what some people are eating and how some people are training. But I guess we can uh, talk about our experiences and uh, how that is within the fitness industry. Because I, I, I get the feeling we actually got a lot of guys that are not in the fitness industry and just got a, a decent, mm. decent knowledge base and like listening to us uh, chat, mate. Um, but yeah, I think it's um, I think it's really funny um, scenario because if it was anything else, people wouldn't have as much of an interest in it, or they wouldn't take as much of an interest in it. But there is this deep rooted, um, they have a need to say something. I think because they're so uh, whether it's they're embarrassed or they're ashamed what they they're not doing anything themselves. When someone does decide to eat healthily or do something about it they almost these people almost become um just to protect themselves they have to take the mick out of you or they have to ask you for your opinion on what they're eating or whatever and to get some kind of validity in what they do i don't know what it is um but i mean i i'm not i don't even joke now to the point where some people when they ask me what i do if i know i'm never going to see them again i don't even tell them i'm a nutritionist i literally don't because it's the most painful thing in the world um to have to say that and then them go "Ooh, i need your advice i'm like yeah you fucking do need my advice love but i'm not going to give it to you unless you pay me um and for me it's the um it's the assumption that one meal will make or break you it's the assumption that that just one thing you're eating that whether it's lunch breakfast whatever it is is derailing your whole progress that one meal that's it um that's what I find quite funny, is that it's like a, oh, I shouldn't be having this, should I? Like, no, you fucking shouldn't be having that. But you have it every single day. That's the problem. Not the actual thing you're having just today. It's the fact that you eat shit all the time. Um, it's it fascinates me that that, that kind of um, that that conversation and that interaction. It, it genuinely fascinates me. I think when Lindsay gets to that point where. Um, you, it kind of wears off after a while, the, the it being annoying. And after a while, you genuinely sit there and go, what do you want? Like, you start asking different questions. Like, that's the thing I've started doing now, is asking different questions. It's like they say to me, like, oh, should I be eating this? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's really healthy. Oh, but it's chocolate. I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, it's really, really healthy. You can eat it. Yeah, but it's chocolate. I'm like, so why are you asking me then? Like, <laughs> if you know the answer, why are you even asking me? Um... And yeah, it's it's just hilarious. I find I actually find it quite funny now. Luckily, I do find it quite funny. I don't. Uh, I guess it's I get it more in the realms of uh, within training circles. I get more in the realms of like, is this a stupid exercise or anything like that? But within my family circles and friends it's basically people who aren't in fitness are obviously more they're more intertwined in asking about food and they say they, they it's basically the whole oh my body is a temple i know sh- i shouldn't be eating this tom sorry i shouldn't be eating this i'm like i don't know i yeah sh- sure I, if, if you think you're not meant to be eating it then don't then i don't understand i i'll mm. eat it i don't care so yeah. <laughs> it's really odd when i went up to see my family in newcastle over christmas that was exactly like they were like, oh yeah, we we go to like Costa every day. Is that bad? Like, uh, if, if, yeah, because it's shit coffee. Um, what? What? To go to the toilet or <laughs> to, go, like, to do what? <laughs> it's like <laughs> great. Okay. So like if you're having seven cakes, then it's probably not 
the most beneficial thing to do. Um, but I think uh, within... Because you've actually said stories through your family, how you refuse, and I've taken this on now, how you refuse to give advice. Mm. Basically... I just, I just flat out refuse. Like, I've had so many conversations um, with with family members, with parents. So actually, my, my brother-in-law actually took on my advice. He's a, he's a type 1 diabetic. So he was actually genuinely intrigued, so I gave him some tips and stuff, and he was like over the moon, and he, he really helped him. Um, and, and and it's one of those things where I think that because what you say is, is so simple, they don't believe it. Um, I just say to her, just eat a bit of this. Oh, but I don't, I don't eat that much. I'm like, mum, I've seen you. You fucking do. Like, you're eating biscuits all the time. Um, and it's um, it's one of these things where um, I, I just don't do it anymore. Um, my brother actually—that's a lie. No, my brother did it as well. He did it. Really had a real good transformation. He asked me to write a training program for him and, and asked me to look at his food and stuff. Um, so yeah, it's just females. This is a shock, but um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's the whole—it's um, the whole thing of family. Well, they just don't understand your knowledge like they've seen you they've changed your nappies like they've seen you as a kid they've seen you piss your pants like they're not going to believe you when you tell them something right no that wasn't last week time <laughs> uh-huh. wow. um but like they've they've seen you like that they've seen you as a kid and like they, so when they, you grow up they don't quite believe your knowledge i don't think they don't think they quite understand the the level at which you're at and i still have that that daily conversation with my parents they still don't really know what i do i guarantee now if you sat them down and said what does dan do they'd be like nutrition and something like helps people like probably like the body coach and like brilliant <laughs> yeah. um, exactly like just less yeah, positive like, less positive than the body coach angry body yeah coach, with really. less less hair <laughs> um is is yeah they they don't they they don't they don't kind of believe i guess that it's that it's doable and um and i'm the same as you tom like whenever i'm at home i'm like yeah i'll eat that like don't waste it i'll eat yeah. it and they look at you as like Oh, you're so lucky! You can eat anything you want. I'm like, no, no, I can't eat anything <laughs> I want. Um, I do move around more than you, though, which probably helps. Um, and yeah, you know, you see me like weighing stuff out sometimes before. Yeah, there's a reason that I've done that. Yeah, yeah, it's just um, the, the family just don't don't get it. But but worse than that is for me is friends. Friends are the worst, um, more so than family, because family just get bored. Of talking about it like you yeah. know like you can just ignore them and then they won't ever ask you again the, the classic yeah. the classic family thing is is you start talking about it and then they basically my family start taking the piss out of me for it for knowing too much about it and they're like yeah. oh great oh yeah okay fine i I, I, yeah. I get ruthless <laughs> with my family i get i I've, I've been ruthless to the point where like the people have not talked to me for an hour or whatever and in that they they say something like oh you know should I be what should I be doing this I just I just say to them I'm like look you just need to eat less food and move more and they're like oh it's not that simple you know I do that anyway and I'm like you clearly don't you're fat and literally you just see their face and you're like oh shit like I can't say that to you because you're not paying me um, and sometimes you forget that they, they they are a bit sensitive about it and they're probably asking it in a roundabout way for some sensitivity around the subject but I just can't do it I, I just say look there's a reason you're fat or there's a reason you're not happy and it's like why do you listen to what i say but friends have this like assumption that you will work with them for free yeah and you will give them everything they possibly would need for no money um and that that's the that's the route to, to their problems and that that's that's what they need in their life and i've done it before stupidly i've done it before I've given friends and I've helped friends out for free 
and I quickly learnt that that is useless. Like it just never helps anyone. They don't do it because they haven't paid you. There's no accountability. They don't check in. They don't do anything. And inevitably, you just waste everyone's time and they think it doesn't work. But the reality is they never actually did it um, to any great degree. Um, and then you get called, like you say, the boring one or whatever if you're not drinking or anything like that. But it's this assumption that you seem to care. And, I, and I've said to so many people, oh, I'm just like, I literally don't care what you eat. I don't care what you drink. I literally couldn't give a shit and that usually works if you say that to them just like that like, <laughs> i know that Lindsay's post was a bit more like oh the people at work like you have to be civil and nice and all that sort of stuff but my, my reaction to that would just be to be i'd just troll them i would just be there like if they said oh should i be eating this I'm like, yeah you can eat as much of it as you want like that doesn't oh there's no calories in that <laughs> go, and and wait until they twig because they'll twig that hang on a minute like you know there are calories in it or whatever um that's kind of how i've tended to handle it is just just agree with them and just go yeah yeah you're fine keep going like no problem at all um are these are protein shakes bad for me yeah shouldn't yep. touch them i wouldn't go near them far as you um i just 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 stick with what you're doing what are you doing them? oh well you know um i, I have cereal at breakfast yeah, that's good good yeah good vitamins and cereal yeah yeah i do this and then i just sit and go oh I, I don't know why you're not getting results how are you not getting results like it seems to be going well oh i do drink a little bit oh okay okay and then yeah a bit too much maybe oh okay so so what do you actually do then in the evenings oh well, that's when i have like a pizza and, and a bottle of wine ah okay so it's not really the breakfast or lunch you're eating is it in front of me <laughs> it's what you're doing at home when i'm not there um yeah and it's it's just there's no right answer but i've just generally found that agreeing nodding politely kind of trolling just send, tends to be the best way because they just shut up pretty quick about it if you resist in any way if you tell them they're wrong or you present some kind of data they will resist and they will fight back with a oh but i heard or oh but i read it's better off just going yeah yeah that's fine yeah like if someone comes up to you and goes oh i, I heard bread's really bad i'm like well yeah for you it probably is so yeah i wouldn't <laughs> i wouldn't go near it and straight away they'll just be like oh okay cool and they won't they probably just won't bother you again but if you resist things that's when they start they do it and they, they come to you for the attention. They come to you for the distraction from work that, that an argument or a debate is going to bring. And they know that you're going to be the only one fighting that side so they can bring all their mates and gather up and <laughs> gather up on you. And you're just left there like, what the, what the fuck have I just started? Whereas if you just said, no, yeah, you're right. It's like conversation over. You don't have to deal with it anymore. I'm sure it's the same with training, right, Tom? I've done it with training before. I mean, as well. the training ones are the classic. Like, uh, I think I, I kind of agree with you on the fact that I've I've helped out family members on training a couple of times. So I've written my dad a program. He's like nearly seventy. He actually does it, but I think yes, he vaguely respects what I have to say. My mum hasn't got a clue. Um, I have two sisters. One is a ballet dancer who I have to rehab back every about six months when she breaks herself. But she will only listen to me if her boyfriend is present and her boyfriend tells her to listen to me. And then that is it. Um, and then you, I'll get this stern kind of fucking stare, like, I don't know, evil look. And without mm. just like with just like a shrug and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it will, it's like, oh you know I'm right, okay, <laughs> thank mm. you. And then she'll try and do it, and then it'll work. But she'll give me no no, no recognition. Um, and then the other one trains fucking hard, 
um, but with no purpose. So wonderful. Mm. Um, no goal, no goal in mind. Just to, I don't know, bounce up and down, kind of on a, I don't know, a horse at the moment. So she, yeah, it's horse ride. But yeah, friends are the ones that I always felt like when training comes to mind. Does do they? They? I always get invited to training sessions quite often. Because they would like a free session. Oh uh, yeah, exactly. yeah. I, I want you to look at my technique. <laughs> I want you to look yeah, at yeah, all all of the stuff that I'm doing. All right, okay, cool. Is there any? Uh, can I just jump in with your program? No, no, you can't. Um, <laughs> I'm doing four fours at like one seventy to one ninety at the moment. Yeah, yeah, jump in. Absolutely fine. Have a go. Um, yeah, it'd be great. But they, it's, they, it's, yeah, it's really it's odd. But then it's the classic like uh, when it's training, it's it's always the the, the topics that come up. Oh, should, like should I be doing hit training or cut or like cardio? Or like yeah, yeah, do it. Why not? What? Oh, which one's better? It's just which one do you like? That'd be great. And then it's the whole. Oh, yeah, I, used to, I sometimes train my legs, but yeah, um, but. And it's also, hard. and it's it's yeah. tough, right? But it's it's the classic. The one that really fucks me off is the deadlift one. It's the people, yeah. I de- like every like I deadlift and then I hurt my back and then I deadlift like in a couple of months. Then I hurt my back again, so yeah. I stopped. It's like the chances are that maybe, just maybe, that you hurt your back because you haven't been deadlifting and it's piss weak. Uh, mm. You never know. You never, you never know. Um, but that's the one because I quite like deadlifting. Um, and then that's that that baffles me all the time, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, just keep keep doing it. I'm exactly the same. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah, you're you're pretty strong then, right? So it's the classic. Oh yeah, what do you lift as well? It's the classic. What do you bench as well? I got that last night in H and M, and I can't say very much, which is really annoying. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, of all the things, of all the things to ask, you'd be like, oh, it's it's like um, like half my deadlift. Yeah, yeah, but um, oh, what do you deadlift? Oh, half my deadlift. Yeah, well, that's all right. All right. Yeah, straight away I've, you got I've, in there. I've literally like yeah flipped it straight over. Oh, but I squat this. Like oh, mm. I don't care about that. Um, yeah, but I squat a decent number. It's great. It's right. Yeah, I, had I, it, I, um, I don't care about that. I had it, I had the, the the same thing because obviously I've started playing cricket now in the summer and uh, at the club after games and after training they're put on food um, after training especially. So the last couple of night, last couple of sessions, it's been like mm. the other day we had pulled pork um, sandwiches with chips. Um, last week we had Cornish pasty and chips and um, and it's always late at night I can't be asked to go again so I just have it when I'm there it's like my, it's my cheat meal right and, uh, <laughs> and, and and yeah it's one of those where like I'm so, and I've had it I've had it recently from, from there because they're all because again they're new, it's kind of new they're kind of new friends and um, uh, I get the oh sh- yeah I've had it like oh, oh gosh this isn't good this isn't good for us is it and I'd be sat there going well you know once in a while it won't hurt and they're like, yeah, yeah. Everything in moderation, end it down. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Everything in moderation. <laughs> that's it. And I remember that now because that's all the conversation was. And it's kind of yeah. like, a, it's really easy to kind of go, yeah, that's fine, mate. Yeah. The fact that you have, you know, 10 pints a night and that counts as moderation. Is, is, <laughs> it's is absolutely fine. Um, but I was like, this is my one meal of the week that I eat that's probably like this. Like all my others are not too bad. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just the whole, um, the whole concept around, around good and bad foods. And, and I don't know, I think there's a lot to be... Um, there's a lot left to be desired in, in the industry and how we kind of communicate 
our message to people. It's it's but, it's, it's good and bad everything because it's good and bad exercise as well. It's like oh, is this is this good? It's just yeah, is this what, is what yeah. I should be doing. I was like, what? And and it's kind of the media's fault, I think, because they obviously portrayed it a lot of the the articles and things you see. And but but my my argument with all these people, whenever they they do ask for advice, is is it's like you know what you should be doing anyway. Like you know you don't eat enough veg. You know you don't do enough exercise. Like that's that's the, the nuts and bolts. Everyone's just looking for these shortcuts, right? Around yeah. how they can get out of it and how they can stop doing it. And everyone knows you can't eat a lot of chocolate. Like, it's just fact. Like you can eat a bit of chocolate and get away with it, but you just can't eat a lot of it. Um, and yeah, it's it's, it's fascinating. I think because I always I, again, and that's the other trick. Maybe Lindsay could try this one. Is I always say, well, what do you think? Like they yeah. say, oh, is this good or bad? And well, what do you think? Oh, I think it's bad. I'm like, well, yeah, too much of it probably is bad. Yeah. Right. Oh, but it's good for the soul, though, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's good for the soul. It's also it's good and bad, isn't it? Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. And I'm, then I'm like, well, you know. So, what's the right answer then? It probably isn't one. Don't worry that, about that it. That is literally a question I have nearly. Ev- well, an answer I have every week within my workshops is like, and then they'll just be, they might be like demonstrating something or saying something in a program that they've written like these are my academy guys and they're looking at me for obviously some sort of recognition and a face that whether I, I have a face that kind of uh if i'm looking around a gym you can tell whether i'm slightly confused about something that somebody's doing um generally when i'm walking around just kind of looking at it a bit odd um but i try and keep that to a minimal during my workshops mm. and, and then i is that is that right is that right like, you're you're trying to tell me that it's like I, I want to know what you know. Um, <laughs> it's like, do you think it's right? It's great. Um, yeah, I flip that round every single time. Very odd. Mm. But yeah, media's fault. Good and bad exercise. Good and bad food. Our advice for the for dealing with this shit is just yeah, ask them. Ask them whether it's good or bad. I just smile and nod. Yeah, just smile. <laughs> and, just go. Turn yeah. it on. Absolutely fine. Eat away, please. Um, yeah, it's very hard. Otherwise, you get too wound up. And you know we don't get wound up about everything, so uh, very <laughs> never at all. But let's actually let's talk about some actual uh, advice, Dan, because uh, we we can do that on this podcast every now and again. So um, a couple of questions mm. about I think especially with the time of the season because we're current and we know what's trending, um, and especially because I'm going on holiday, Dan is. Basically, how much fat slash weight, you can explain the difference between that, uh, could you lose in a specific amount of time? Would be, I think, a big question that a lot of people uh, have about now. I know from following uh, some people in Team Box, they're on a little bit of cuts at the moment of some sort. Mm. Is it Laura on one? Yeah. Yeah, cool. And she's lost something in a certain amount of time. But yeah, what would you? How how long would you say if you had a two, four, a six, an eight week period? What would be your ideal amount of time for cutting down? How much weight could you lose um, in those amount of time? In that amount of time for each of those things. Say so that's probably probably the holiday period that we've got coming up is two mm. weeks to to one two months maybe time. Yeah, yeah. I think I think firstly it depends on dieting experience. I think that's a huge factor. 
Um, because that dictates how well you can stick to a deficit. Because that's ultimately what's going to that's what's going to bring you about success is whether you can stick to your plan or not. If I put you on a you know five hundred calorie a day deficit or a thousand calorie a day deficit, it, they're only as good as your adherence to them. Um, so assuming a perfectly adherent client, which never exists, <laughs> uh, I, I would say that in those time frames you know this you could in two weeks you could probably lose four kilos comfortably um i say comfort listen to me comfortably no it wouldn't be comfortably as in like it would be a horrible experience but you could lose that weight um realistically um you know someone like who's on you know say so if you're on a three thousand calorie maintenance if you were eating one thousand 600 calories a day you'd get down to four you'd lose four kilos in two weeks it wouldn't be very nice very pleasant but you would do it um, and then as i think as you add the weeks on then for me your your deficit of calories has to decrease you ha you couldn't be as aggressive for a longer period of time so maybe over four weeks you'd be looking at maybe six kilos and then maybe over six weeks you might look at seven or eight and then maybe over eight weeks you look at eight to nine something like that um not because necessarily like it's not possible to lose more than that just more to the point of it's just i think it would be extremely difficult to adhere to that diet because at some point during that you're going to plateau and then you have to cut calories more or introduce cardio um and it's just unsustainable for that period of time i i think personally um and i'm always in favor of longer diets with less severe deficits because you have an increase in performance, you have an increased likelihood that you could probably still gain muscle tissue during a, during the early stages of that diet. Um, and it's easier to fit into your lifestyle. Um, so for someone like you, Tom, putting you in a 1,000 calorie, you know, 1,500 calorie a day deficit is not going to be fun for you. Like you're not going to function very well. You're not going to be fun to be around. You're not going to be able to be sociable. Um, you're probably just on a meal plan. And you wouldn't feel great going away on holiday, I don't think. Um, and there's a lot of debate at the moment whether you would lose muscle tissue to any great degree or not during that time period. I don't think you would in two weeks. Anything you lose would just be glycogen, um, which is carbs stored in your muscles. Um, and then I think, as, again, as you go to maybe nearer eight weeks of a diet, if you're on an aggressive deficit, the chance of losing muscle tissue probably increases a little bit more. Um, but again, that is up for debate. And I don't think that's really a, that for me isn't a huge concern during any diet um, between eight to two weeks. It's more the adherence factor and it's more whether you can stick to a large deficit or not. So um, the answer is stick to a, as large a deficit as possible that you can stick to. Um, so for some people that might be 500 calories a day, for some people that could be a thousand calories a day. Um, and you're looking to lose between anywhere, probably depending on your deficit between half a kilo to a kilo and a half a week. Um, and my argument would be that the more experienced dieter could probably stick to a larger deficit for longer, but it's still very difficult. Like even now I wouldn't want to go in a thousand calorie deficit. That is horrible. Like it's not fun. Um, 
and I'd much rather take a bit longer in a smaller deficit, personally. But some people don't. Some people prefer to have a bigger deficit and just get it over and done with. Um, but I think if you do it that way, you're you're opening yourself up to all sorts of things that could potentially happen, like getting a cold that lasts a week, for example, um, or just generally getting ill, your training performance suffering, um, all those sorts of things that are also important in a lot of people's lives. It's not just about losing loads of weight before you go on holiday. Some people still want to be able to lift a decent amount of weight during that time. So um, personally, I think you should always start your diet as early as possible if you're going away on holiday. But also know that if you are going on holiday, you don't have to get stupid shredded. You just want to be a bit leaner. Um, but either way, I still think if you said to me you could lose the same amount of weight in 16 weeks as you could in eight weeks, I believe if you took the same person or identical twins, you did exactly the same with them, I think the person that did it over 16 weeks would look better than the person who did it in eight. Which leads me into the, that exact question, Dan, is that in a 16 to eight week or basically a short amount of time to a longer amount of time, who would actually look better in body composition? Would you have a better physique through the 16 week or the eight week weight loss? Personally, I think with most trainers, most people who are training in the gym, um, I would say the 16 week simply because I think most of them would probably still be getting newbie gains at this point. So, And for most people I see train, if they trained with a good enough intensity um, in the gym, and they had their nutrition on point, they would still gain muscle in the initial phases of that calorie deficit. Um, a lot of people that I used to um, train with in, in London and used to train them, um, they would see muscle gain in a deficit just because they were, they were newbies pretty much. And I think that for most of the population, I would say uh, that would lead to a better looking physique just because I think that, yeah, you've got a potential to build more muscle tissue train harder um and i think probably adhere to the diet a lot better and i think there'd be less less chance of things going wrong less chance of injury all those sorts of things and i just think that that person would look better on the beach personally yeah that's my opinion. i i would agree um i would tend to go towards a, a longer weight loss program basically as well the more adherence is going to be better. It's going to be a lot calmer. Training intensity is going to be higher. You can train for a longer amount of time. You can actually still gain strength. You can build upon it. Um, the chances are your basal is going to be higher for a longer amount of time because you're going to put more muscle tissue on. It's not going to change drastically at all by any means. Um, more less likely to have a decrease of neat as well because you have still a lot more energy to move about. Mm. It's great. Good, Dan. Good knowledge. Well done. Thanks, mate. <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't sound patronizing. <laughs> um, but then there's a case for also how to adhere these, uh, how to increase your rapid weight loss as well. It's a case for cardio, Dan. Um, two training things that have been on my wick lately. On my wick, yeah, bringing it back in a big spot. Mm. In a big spot, mate, is uh, cardio and a case for cardio. Because I think... No offence, but you're in this category. Um, within the bodybuilding realms, cardio is seen as a tool, and a tool only. 
and not seen as a performance benefit or benefit. Yeah. yeah, which really fucks me off. Um, basically, because it's it underestimates the understanding of somebody's physiology um, and mm-hmm. realizing what cardio or hit training, steady state, instead of just talking about oh, it's calories. Um, it's not just all about calories believe it or not uh sometimes it's gonna make you train better in the long term because basically your recovery time's gonna get better so if we talk about atp restoration daniel what's atp so adenine triphosphate creatine phosphate yeah your atp mm-hmm. atpcp that's that's basically the big explosion of whatever you do for the first kind of let's go well, yeah, CP is three, two, three seconds, and then ATP up to about eight, nine seconds, which we'd probably say is a lot of like high-powered lifts, mm. but you're going to use every single time. Um, but for for that to completely oxidize, how long does that take? It's about ten to eighteen minutes to actually get fully restored. Mm. But that's a variance that depends on your ability to oxidize ATP. So surely, with somebody who has a higher oxidation of ATP, where they would have better steady state or cardiovascular endurance. Yeah, but if it takes ten between ten and eighteen minutes for complete restoration, it doesn't matter because no one's going to wait ten minutes to. No, they're not. But then, so it's, it's, is there a difference between three minutes and four minutes, two minutes and three minutes? That's that's question one. Second yes. question is, if someone is in a calorie surplus. Is that ATP restored quicker than it is if you're at a calorie maintenance or a calorie deficit, for example? Yes. Yes. So the other thing then a bodybuilder would have to do is if they were doing cardio on top of what they were already doing, it is about calories, of course. So therefore, they would have to eat. They would have to eat more food to be in a surplus. So one of the hardest things in an off season is eating that amount of food for a lot of people. Um, So. I don't think the effects of doing it, especially steady state, would outweigh the fact that ATP restoration takes so long to get fully restored, and also the fact that um, a bodybuilder doesn't have to eat even more food uh, at a time when they're trying to actually recover their muscles more than they're trying to actually use them. They get to eat more food. Isn't that surely a plus point? But some people find it very hard to eat that much food, though. You bring it down to calories again, so we can make a case it, for yeah, instead, it is, that, instead of steady state, then then we can then we can break it into hit then, and you can go high intensity stuff. Yeah, and I think that has more. Of, I think that more has a bit more benefit. relevance to being. I think you'll be fitter if you did high intensity interval training than you did steady state, just because the effect has on VO two max, and I think that potentially would make you feel fitter in the gym and just generally walking around in everyday life um and it's more time efficient um but i just don't think you're ever going to see any bodybuilders put that much stress through their joints and their muscles at a time when they just want to recover from their training because they're beating themselves up constantly that's the only (laughs) thing i agree i agree with the physiological principles behind it and i and i've at times thought to myself do you know what like really should do that Mm -hmm. I, if if I was coaching you, you would have it in, for sure. And a lot of the case of when I'm coaching my strength guys, they do have it in to mm. keep because because they I guess these so a lot of guys have longer to to recover. They also are eating, but I'd like to keep some sort of condition 
to them so they can recover. What's that? Coach me. You've got a coach. I don't think Dan would do it. That's the only thing, because uh, he's getting it for free, and I'm his friend. Oh yeah, oh. yeah. That reminds me. Big one. Just like someone when they go to weigh in at the <laughs> the week before they go weigh in. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. Right. You're you're my yeah. friend, therefore I don't listen to. You. I'd actually be really intrigued to see how you would program for me for twelve weeks. Genuinely intrigued. Well, if anybody wants that to happen, then they can post in the group. We, we can put a poll out. Just a little poll out. <laughs> put a little yes or no. Like, Should shall we I program Dan for 12 weeks? Will he make more gains than he normally does? I can, I can take yes. progress pictures. I can take measurements. <laughs> I can do whatever you want me to do. <laughs> challenge. Challenge, challenge accepted, to be honest. I'll do that. Absolutely fine. Um, but with... So, would you reside on hit or steady state? Would you only use it as a tool? Would you program it in from a bodybuilding point of view? From my powerlifting, from and even for bodybuilding point of view, I am for some sort of hit-ish, like ten minutes of hit, some conditioning, probably once, twice a week, just for the factors. I think they will train better in the long term. I think if you're talking strictly from a health performance point of view i think you could argue that true <laughs> anybody can argue anything dan yeah i think <laughs> i think you no I, I genuinely i think that if, if for most people looking to get bigger and stronger and look better um arguably most people are bodybuilders um i think there's a case you made for it i think if you were to go into the elite slash professional arena of bodybuilding i don't think it'd be necessary but i think for Maybe a lot of our clients who maybe just want to look better and feel better. Is that, be- is that because a- maybe the elite the bodybuilders have something else to aid recovery? Well, what, chicken, rice, and beans? Chicken, rice, and beans. I don't know what you mean, uh, Tom. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, no, um, but I, 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 do, I do understand where you're coming from. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I, I just think it's... Uh, uh, and I know that... Um, I know that Emil does a lot of high intensity kind of stuff, and obviously he used to be a strong man, so he sees the benefits in that. Um, and he's a doctor, so we should listen to him. And he's a doctor. Yeah, no, I, I think look, I think it's if you want to do it, do it. If you don't, probably not. But I, I do actually know because obviously I've trained with Dan for about two years, and he hates any kind of cardio-y based hit training of it's any, any sort. He just literally hates it so much um, yeah basically that's it maybe I should do it now maybe that's, maybe that's what <laughs> I need in my life right now yeah I see you need Mr. Motivator next to you just mm. doing it just tickling you through alright um, which leads me on to I think basically I don't see it as just a tool if it is a tool then there's you've got a lot more strings to your bow if you want to use it or know about them don't just say it's a calorie mm. burner um, yeah also so this brings me on to our next training topic Daniel um you have a weightlifting belt, I know, because uh, mm, I, I think I I bought a very similar one to you, um, but I don't use that one anymore. But thoughts on weightlifting belts has been going around. I actually, uh, so shout out to Joe Johnson, I think, uh, who I I liked his post on uh, about front squat. Um, and then he asked me to critique his uh, his form, which was actually form was actually fine. I just didn't want it to wear the belt because um, it was a supplementary lift. So Dan, any thoughts on weightlifting belts? I guess 
I don't lift heavy enough to use one at the moment. So <laughs> <laughs> there's number one. Um, I think I use them for heavy lifts. I use them for PB lifts. I use them for AMRAP lifts. Um, and I use them only for squatting and deadlifting um, as a brace so that I can brace my abdominals and I can hold my breath and I can push out against it, not to tighten me in um, like a corset. <laughs> um, I, I like them. I think they're useful, but I, I think you have to have a certain amount of training behind you before they are useful. I don't think you should start using one. Um, I think there's a case we made that you need to learn all the fundamental movements without it. That's my opinion. Uh, yeah, I, I'd concur there. So I think with all the fundamental movements, you should... I think most people would use them deadlifting, squatting. I use mine for bench pressing at PR level. Um, but that's about it, to be honest. That's, um, for a, that's as a pressure thing, right? Yeah, as a, a, literally just uh, intra-abdominal pressure. So yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the right term. Intra-abdominal pressure. That's um, what I meant. Say, said pushing out, <laughs> pushing out abs. against your abs. Sweet. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. You know what I meant, though, right, bro? I, I did, yeah. Um, so I think it's just been. It was mainly because Team Box posted about it, and there was a lot of there was a lot of there was a few people commenting about it and whether you should wear one, or why, why you wear one. Um, I just thought I'd give my point of view and how I coach people to wear one, or whether I do or don't. Um, so it's it's based on yeah, based on giving intra abdominal pressure. Um, through a Valsalva maneuver, through your diaphragm and lower cavity breathing. Um, so you basically push out against the belt uh, in all directions, um, which in turn would decrease the list, uh, the risk of like spinal loading because you're putting pressure against the front of your abs, I guess, and not as much against the back. Um, so not much shear force happening. So which is good. So you get like an isometric contraction happening there, which is cool so you feel more explosive mm. um more powerful which is safer environment for the spine basically um so basically i only coach it for yeah amrap sets and heavy stuff um and i tend to not let people use it even up for their like kind of leading up to sets if that's a, a term um yeah so they're sets up to like PR or whatever only mm -hmm. when it gets to I'd go percentage because it's going to change no matter what if your PRs go up therefore you, if you have a PR of 150 or something you will not need to use it for 100 guaranteed but I think some people have it in their mind that they need it at a certain weight when the chances are you're going to be stronger anyway so you should be able to lift that load so it's probably mm. just a mindset thing get, get better mindset great great word Right. I think if I was doing like a five three one, I wouldn't use it for my five or my three. I don't use it for the one. Yeah, um, I don't use it on the last set. I think I don't think um, if you know the percentages you can hit and you know it's comfortable and it's just about it's just about training that movement pattern. Then I think you go without. And same if you're doing three threes and you're doing build up, you know, so let's say you know one ten, one twenty, one thirty. I don't think at one ten you really need it. No. Um, arguably one twenty may may not depending on how you feel that day. But so yeah, I I would do it the, the one set before your main set, more than likely, just to basically mm. muscle memory thing. Because believe it or not, everything around your core is going to have to be muscle memoried 
if that's a word, back into mm-hmm. position again. That's the word. Muscle memoried. Yeah. <laughs> that's the word, yeah. Uh, but there's there's a few type of belts as well, Dan, which I actually didn't know. Um, obviously, there's powerlifting belts, which I have, uh, which, are, which I knew that I, I have a deadlift belt and I have a, uh, a squat belt. But there's those Velcro belts that I do know about, but I've never worn one. Um, and I think those are the ones that probably piss me off because I don't really understand them. Um, so I, th- I feel like with a Velcro belt, you wouldn't be able to do it up tight enough to create your interabdominal pressure. And if you did, I think it would burst off because mm. I've got a latch belt. Um, and that ain't yeah, I've seen that one, yeah. Yeah, it's not going gonna, gonna to come undone. Um, also, I've also got a prong belt, which is not going to come undone. Um, I think a Velcro one would, which would kind of defeat the object personally of creating the pressure. Um, so I think it's just going to fall off in like high rep stages. Also, when you're doing it high rep, it's very uh, it's very hard to c- kind of continuously have that pressure in <laughs> basically created. Um, yeah. There's yeah, you're not going to be able to create the same effect all the way through, and you're then just fatigue very, very, very quickly because it takes a hell of a lot of effort to push against. So I wouldn't advise using it for any kind of supplementary lifts, and I'd rather you would focus on your movement pattern. Um, so this is out for you, Joe. I, I, if I was trading you, yeah, your back squats are great, and your front squats look really good. Um, so I would just lose the belt and see what you can lift there. So it would. I think you'd probably gain a lot more from doing that because you're still getting the training effect from using it from the, on your back squats. So, yeah, there's a case for it. There's a case against it. I'm personally for on heavy lifts against on any supplementary lifts because it's not needed um, unless there is some mad reason that you think is. Um, yeah, if you're pressing overhead and you're hurting your back, chances are you're not, you shouldn't be pressing overhead. Um, yeah, we can talk about that later. Cool, Daniel. Perfect. Mm. Belts. Strong. Right, stupid things on the internet. Have we got anything you particularly want to talk about? Or should we delve into the group? Um, I think Seb's probably put something in the group, hasn't he? I, I believe so. Um, mm. I mean, I mean, thanks to him for, for showing us that uh, Flat Earth group. That is just gold. Oh, it's absolutely like, amazing. Um, I can't believe some people <laughs> are, are just that weird. But yeah. These oh, these people are just like I actually on a I, on Saturday uh, I sent a request into the group and got accepted. Um, I'm not in it anymore because I thought if somebody saw me that I was in that group, I, I I thought I'd go mad. But I did have a little skirt around and have a look, and it seemed like most of the arguments were whether these people should uh, should let their children make up their own minds on whether they should be flat earth or like globe yeah <laughs> whether they're born idiots or whether they're made uh, idiots they're made. so and there was these people like yeah uh well my my child is is gonna be homeschooled because uh that's just not gonna happen um mm. which i find barbaric um yeah <laughs> i don't know how we can follow flat earth i think it's just I think we all need to just take uh, take a moment and realise that that is that is out there. Um, yeah, yeah. Bonkers, isn't it? Yeah, that's slightly mad. But in other news, uh, each body type requires its own uh, eating and exercise strategy, and you can use go go and do the quiz. Um, you can do a quiz, and then you can find out what what it should. FYI, it doesn't. Um, 
It really doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty dumb. And then there was a post uh, that Schoenfeld, Krieger, and Alan Aragon got uh, tagged in about even though they're calorie matched, basically uh, cakes and uh, chicken wings are far healthier for you than oatmeal and yogurt. Um, Wasn't it they'll get you leaner? They'll get you leaner because uh, because cakes a, a piece of cake contains proteins, <sighs> carbohydrates, and fat. Give me and, that cake if it contains protein. And, yeah, I mean, and then the oatmeal only contains carbohydrate and sugar. Mm, idiots. So yeah, and they were calorie matched, so it doesn't actually matter. And they were saying you'd uh, it'll be a lot harder to gain body fat from eating chicken wings than uh, your oatmeal. It wouldn't. It really wouldn't. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's just baffling. Uh, I don't think we get time for a rant about that. Um, yeah. Obviously, keep. Uh, we've done a shout out to uh, go rate the podcast and go do that kind of stuff lately. Um, I know. To be honest, Tom, I've given up half. The time. <laughs> Come on. I mean, we've asked for all these reviews. We've only we, we know how many people listen to the show, and there's only about ten reviews on there. I think we've got because we paid all the other people on there to do it for. <laughs> so we know which ones the genuine ones are. My mum's had to just sign up for another iTunes account to put another yeah, review up there. Just uh, um, she's doing so well. Yeah, bless her. Bless it's her. It's a bit annoying. Bless her. So uh, yeah. yeah, go just, just go uh, go do a review of some sort on. Uh, we don't care. Just review us in the fucking group. Who cares? Um, go do that. Go join uh, join the group if you're not in it already. Go follow Dan on Instagram. Go follow me on Instagram. Do anything that way. Ask us any questions you want. We might answer them on the show. Um, yeah, I think that's about it for this week, mate. That is about it, I think. All right, catch you later, guys. <laughs>